Good day, I'm Mark Sylvester, ambassador of 805 Connect, and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University's School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and encouragement. And thanks to our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio, and to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Hi, Mark. Patrick, on the phone today, I've got Rick Stolmeyer, who's the CEO and founder of MindBody. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Mark. Hey, you're you're up in the northernmost part of the 805, up in San Luis Obispo. How long have you been up there? Well, I've lived here since uh, 1997. I actually uh, came out here to go to work at Vanderbilt Air Force Base um, in the space launch community, and we were launching satellites. Uh, both commercial and um, government um, satellites in the late 90s. And uh, that's what got my wife and I here, and we just fell in love with the area and decided to never leave. Where did you come from? I grew up in Southern California and uh, entered the Naval Academy uh, when I was 18 years old in Annapolis, Maryland, and lived all over the country. Um, And uh, prior to being here, I was in Chicago for three years. So it was quite a thrill to come back to the California coast, and not just back to the California coast, but the most beautiful part of the California coast. <laughs> and uh, and I thought, well, people say, why is mind body in San Luis Obispo? And my answer is, why not? It is one of the great undiscovered, beautiful places on the planet. And I found in conversations with folks that once they land there, they they don't leave. Or if they were born and raised there and went to school, they find some way, some excuse to come back to San Luis Obispo. Absolutely. That's one of the things I tell people is that the only danger of moving here is you never want to leave. (laughs) Um, uh, of the twelve hundred people, how many live? How many are in San Luis Obispo, and is 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 well well being, but way of life and lifestyle part of your recruiting strategy? Absolutely. So it's a little over nine hundred. So this is our corporate headquarters. It is the largest part of our operation. Uh, the other offices are in Long Island, in the UK, and in Sydney, Australia. And we just opened a satellite sales office in Dallas. Uh, but this is the, the hub, and uh, you know we've our current headquarters has been built to accommodate up to 1,100 people. So we'll we'll continue to grow this uh, a bit more. There have been a lot of stories written about just the physical facility and the way that you treat the employees. Just the whole experience of working at MindBody. What are the what are the couple of things that stand out to you that you like to help people pay attention to? Well, first of all, it's just a really healthy, happy community. So you just alluded to it before. The, uh, this is a great place to, to run a company that is centered around health and wellness because we're, we're just in a, in a beautiful, natural environment. The, uh, the air is clean. Um, people are really into outdoor activities. Um, a, a significant number of our team members ride their bikes to work. Um, you'll see people out exercising in our quad. We do fitness classes as well as uh, on-site massage. And uh, you'll see at lunch uh, people out in our, in our plaza uh, doing a CrossFit workout or a yoga class, uh, a Zumba class. So it's just absolutely perfect for that. Uh, do you have your own CrossFit? To... I'm sorry. Do you have your own CrossFit box there? We have our own CrossFit there? box. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Yeah, we do. We're... 
several of us are certified CrossFit instructors. No kidding. Uh, and we did, yeah, we we got uh, we went and did that as a way of really understanding the community. We had we had a number of CrossFit uh, aficionados here, um, as well as just about every other flavor of, uh, of fitness. Sure. Uh, but CrossFit has been particularly interesting the last few years. So a group of us, including uh, Chet Brandenburg, our chief product officer, went down to, to L.A. and certified in a, what's called CrossFit Level 1 yep. in May. Yep. It was actually right before the IPO. It was a lot of fun, really educational, wow. and it helped us understand why that particular fitness trend is has just grown so fast. And there's a number of the other fitness trends that are that are very similar. It just really focuses around um, high-intensity workout and, and functional movements where you can get a lot of um, benefit to your body in a, in a relatively short period of time. Um, and there's a lot of science behind it, so it's fascinating stuff. And we remain, uh, you know, we're Switzerland. We uh, we support sure. all the different uh, sure. methods of, of living healthy, healthier lives. Um, and uh, we also have meditation classes on site. Um, of course, a lot of us do yoga as well. Uh, so it's it's it, it's a great community to be in. And, you know, San Luis Obispo, in addition to all that, of course, is the home of Cal Poly University, which is, continues to be one of the best universities on the West Coast. And we draw significant numbers of um, professionals, young professionals from UC Santa Barbara. So um, this is a great place to grow a company like this. It, it, we'll put it this way. It's never held us back to be here. And it's been beneficial in multiple ways. You're one of the great success stories in the region. A lot of people don't know. It's it's ironic that um, people don't know you exist uh, here. And you're such a big uh, company that is making such a huge difference for the listener who's not familiar and we our listeners are literally all over the world what does mind body do so mind body is really can be thought of as two um, collaborative businesses the first part of mind body the most important piece is the software platform for the health and wellness industry so we are a business management solution for fitness studios integrative health centers wellness centers um, spa salons children's activity centers that's a huge global market. Um, it's over 4 million businesses worldwide, according to Frost and Sullivan. Um, and we support over 50,000 of those businesses in 130-plus countries and territories around the world, um, primarily from San Luis Obispo. So that's, that's the cornerstone of our business. That's been in place since uh, my garage. Uh, we started building the first solutions for them in 2001 you have a garage story? and uh we do have a garage story because you know what's it. great about a garage it's i love really it. close to the kitchen <laughs> and, uh, and the rent the rent is cheap <laughs> so so we had uh it's funny because you know the city is is very fond of us now you know because we're, oh. we're a pretty sizable employer right uh but the one of the first questions that when we were getting our new campus building approved, they asked me, well, did you have a business license in the garage? And I said, yes, I did. I had a business license. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we had the gar- garage carpeted and drywalled. Mm. Uh, if it got a little too warm, you just would hit the garage door opener and, and open it up the rolling door another couple of feet. If it got too cold, you'd, you'd close it down. When we left the garage, we had six employees in the garage at its peak. Um, so I wanna... my wife finally said, okay, enough. <laughs> I'm I so you you came out here to work at Vandenberg, which is another huge employer in the region, and you're working on satellites. Um, it's funny you went from inner space being a submarine guy to outer space being a satellite guy. 
where tell me what the spark was where you said i i want to do things related to body and wellness and software as it turns out well you know um my career as you just touched on was dealing with high impact technology environments and that created a certain kind of discipline of thinking and of operations uh but my background, family background, is small business. My, uh, huh. my dad, my grandfather, three of my four brothers have all run small businesses. My dad ran a retail lighting fixture store uh, for 35 years in Southern California. And his dad in Van Nuys, uh, going back to the 1920s. I mean, lighting fixtures was high technology in the 1920s. Sure, sure so, it was. Um, I was. I was raised in that business, and I learned firsthand, first of all, how incredibly hard it is to succeed in small business, particularly, um, you know, retail type small business. And, um, an old friend from high school named Blake Beltram in the late 1990s, um, his girlfriend had opened a, uh, spinning studio in studio city. And he had separately met the people that were managing Mario Windsor Pilates and Beverly Hills. And so he and I used to meet in Santa Barbara because it was halfway between where he lived in LA and where me living up here and talk about what we're doing in our lives. And, when he first told me about this, my first question was, was yoga is a business, really? And, <laughs> right. and what's, what's pilots? I've never, never heard of pilots. <laughs> so, uh, so what he, ex- what he showed me and what I then went out and experienced firsthand was a disruptive change happening. Um, whereas fitness, organized fitness before that was either sporting teams or large health clubs, you know, the classic big box health club. Right. They sign up lots of people for memberships and hope not too many of them come because they don't have enough Stairmasters and ellipticals for everybody. Um, this was a much more direct, much more personal relationship in boutique fitness with the customer. And they were really transforming people's lives. And I got to know the people that were opening these businesses and just fell in love with them. They have, I mean, here's somebody who's leaving the relative safety of a, of a job, right. um, be it corporate or government. Um, with all the benefits of that, uh, borrowing money from mom and dad, probably, or friends and family, probably maxing out credit cards or, or cashing in 401k money, signing a multi-year lease in some downtown core or in some strip mall somewhere, and personally guaranteeing that lease, because you don't get a lease as a right. small business owner without right. a PG, a personal guarantee. Yep. They have everything on the line. And when I got to know them, I saw my family. Even though my family's business was very business sure. were very different, and I and I resonated with that, and I thought, boy, you know, if we can take technology and help level the playing field and give them a greater chance of success, what a wonderful thing! Um, and there was nobody else doing it. There, the irony of their model was that it required much more of the software rather than just a membership system that's, you know, uh, charging somebody's credit card once a month and tracking that you showed up. It's a scheduling, staff management, retail point of sale, um, uh, payment processing, e-commerce. There's a lot going on that the existing solutions of the time didn't have. So we did a complete ground-up design, crafted towards what these people need, um, chose a segment of the market that was small enough that we could become uh, a notable player quickly, even while we were still in the garage. That was yoga and Pilates. Um, hence the name Mind Body, but also dynamic and growing. So there was enough runway to get some momentum 
and then had all these beautiful we'll call bridging markets around it you know the whole general fitness trend and then into wellness centers and salons and spas so all of that was intentional and uh we also uh, surmised that this industry was going to grow. That health and wellness was a was a mega trend that was just in its early stages. We believe it's still just in its early stages. Um, and the way we know that is you just look around. I mean, right. People aren't fit, and um, and what's that costing us as a society? So I thought this was a great business opportunity and uh, something worthwhile to to devote my life to. And it certainly has been. So, um, are you familiar with Simon Sinek? One of the top most I watched. Am. So, what's the why at Mind Body? Well, the why, first of all, is a belief that technology can be used to improve humanity. Huh? Um, that we, our mission, our vi- our vision for the company is leveraging technology to improve the wellness of the world. So, everything we do must satisfy that test. Got so it. Either we are helping to foster the success and therefore increase the supply of wellness services, or we are connecting those service providers to more people. And so that's our, that's our big why. The mission is to build the world's leading platform for wellness services, which is something that's never been created before. The ability to aggregate all of the available classes and appointments, the descriptions, the teachers, their certifications, their biographies, um, and present that to consumers when and where they need it um, is a is a very big goal. It's something that we're still building. I will talk to people outside of the region about some of the the heroes and success stories in the region, and I'll mention Mind Body and all of those conversations. And I go, they're from Santa Barbara, and I go, well, they're from San Luis. They go, oh, that's how I check into my gym. I was like, oh, because it's all uh, from what I understand. You know, you've got this small business person whose domain expertise is fitness in one way or another, and they're, as you said, you're Switzerland, so it could be hundreds of ways. <laughs> um, yet the managing of the business is probably pretty new territory, if not foreign territory to them. So they they partner with you, your software as a service, and you pretty much manage, not pretty much, you manage all of that so they don't have to. Is that correct? Do I have it right? That's right. No, you, you nailed it. Um, our, our thesis is that if we can help them manage those complexities, and to your point, most of them were probably not prepared for that. Right. Um, they have a particular passion for the practice, you know, be it yoga, be it CrossFit, um, other brands of fitness. Maybe it's a wellness center. Maybe they're a massage therapist. And they get into the business and quickly realize it's quite complex. My, yes. my wife just opened a wellness center oh. in San Luis Obispo, which massage and acupuncture and some wellness classes, and she serves teas and things. You would not believe the complexity in that little business. Um, and it really helped me experience MindBody as a customer of MindBody mm. uh, and and give me just even renewed appreciation for how much of their business problem we have solved. Um, there's still plenty more to do. In fact, there's enough to keep us busy for a very long time. I like to tell people I was a nuclear submarine officer, and I used to help launch rockets. And this is the most complicated thing I've ever done. Oh my gosh! Uh, what, why is why is that? Because it's so instantly variant. It's, uh. it's because what you're really doing is helping businesses manage individual relationships with thousands of people, 
And the businesses are very unique. Uh, even though they may seem like a kind of tightly defined niche that we're in, it's a, as I've mentioned before, it's a huge market. And there's lots of variation in how they how they operate. When did that... Um, at my yeah, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to, I wanted to hear one of those uh, those analogies of like when did that go wrong or when did it when when did a failure when did when did something break down and 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 how did you guys you know have to come up against something you hadn't expected or hadn't had to deal with before? Well, there's lots of stories I could tell of things breaking and not working <laughs> in the early days. Uh, yeah. Are you talking about the things that we built that didn't work? No, or no, not the technology. Or, what, so we had that aha moment. Yeah. What, well, what you're dealing with, like, like with you're dealing with these small, small companies. I'm just looking for like one of those moments where, where you ran into something and, and uh, not in the technology so much, but like where you really had to like dig deep to work with a small client or figure out how that client, um, you know, really needed your services versus what you thought they were going to need from you. Mm, yeah. No, I mean, literally right from the beginning. I mean, it was, so I remember uh, my old friend Blake. So when we first started up, uh, we formed an LLC and he owned 50%, I own 50%. And his job was to write the code and keep improving the product. And my job was to go sell it. Yeah. And so we did a little marketing campaign and we got some respondents. And I, I um, threw my laptop in the car and drove up to the Bay Area. And I'm up in Marin County in San Anselmo. And I'm at this little yoga studio called Yoga Garden. And uh, in fact, this is before I'd actually quit my day job. I took, I took some paid time off. Huh. And it was November of 2000. And I spent two days with, with the two wonderful ladies who had built this studio. I took several classes. Um, I dove in with them and looked at all their different records and how they're operating, what their challenges were. And I suddenly realized that the product that we had built, that Blake had built, um, was just the beginning of what was needed. And uh, with Blake on a speakerphone and them giving feedback, we started writing down and documenting all the different things that they needed. And uh, we started improving it right from there. Huh. Uh, and then the next place I went to was a Pilates studio and then to an indoor cycling studio. And, um, you know, to a, one thing, that one truth of this business is that the product will never be done. Is there, are and there still those exciting, those exciting times where you're building out like that? Are you still running into those opportunities to, to, to innovate on the fly like that? Absolutely. Constantly. The, the hardest part of the job is, is that you have to say no 99 mm, times mm. out of 100. We, we, get, we get flooded with development requests, literally hundreds of development requests a month of, hey, we'd like you to do this. But it would be great if you did that. You know, I just need this one little simple thing. It goes on and on and on. And it's the reason that to do this really well, the software provider has to be focused. You have to, right. you have to carve out some some comp- area of the market, and we call that being a vertical SaaS, where we are vertically focused on the health and wellness industry, and SaaS is the technical term for what we are. We are a software as a service, meaning we're web-based and mobile-based, um, cloud-based. That's also what it said. And, and so some, we've seen companies come and go who, who come in with a generic scheduling and point-of-sale solution and try to be everything to everybody. Uh, you'll go to their website, and they say, we can serve bowling alleys, Pest control contractors, oil change facilities, <laughs> home contractors, hair salons, and yoga studios. And you look at that and I go, okay, well, they're never going to get anywhere. <laughs> There's just no way that you can, you can give the kind of crafted solutions. I mean, let me tell you about a hair salon. A hair salon, a woman goes in to get her hair done. She gets a cut, a color, and a set. It's a three-part appointment. 
And while the color is setting on her hair, the stylist can cut someone else's hair. So it's a three-part attached appointment. Each part is a separate set of fees. Um, and while the second component is happening, the stylist is now cutting someone else's hair. When we decided to enter the salon industry four years ago, we had to gut and completely re-engineer our appointment book because mm-hmm. personal trainers don't operate that way. Right. Pilates instructors don't operate. So th- there's just one example. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And that's what makes it really exciting because it, it truly will never be done. And it's a matter of prioritization and focus. What's going to give them the most bang for the buck? And but, what's going to answer the most important imperative, and that is bringing customers in the door and helping them engage and provide a better experience and retain those customers. That's the ultimate challenge of any business, and certainly the businesses we serve. But it sounds like that's your operating system is a tactic, that you have a tactic for addressing a new industry. Rather than saying, how are we going to like bend our previous experience into this, you're saying... These are the these are the, the the thing the techniques we use to learn this business and figure out how to adjust it or reinvent it. That's right. That's right. That that you start you go in deep. If we're going to learn CrossFit, a bunch of us go to Monrovia and get CrossFit <laughs> certified. Okay. So are if you haircut gonna, certified? If we're going to enter the salon industry, yeah. I am. I am. And they, oh. uh, but you don't want me training you. I, I'm. You know, <laughs> I, I'd much I much rather as attend as a student. Yeah. But, but if we're going to enter the salon industry. We hire salon managers. We actually get professionals. The, the team that helped build out those features, many of them had direct experience in the industry. Um, it is about, you know, we, we practice design thinking. And design thinking right. is, uh, you know, was, was crafted in the 80s by uh, an organization called IDEO. IDEO yep. were the people yep. that helped uh, Steve Jobs design the first mouse. Well, they, it, it begins with um, uh, uh, empathy a rather fanatical empathy for the customer and their experience. And then then once you have that empathy, then you're qualified to start ideating and to start creating. Rather than let's take a bunch of software professionals and sit them in a room and imagine what the end user might want. You got to get out there in the field and you got to get your hands dirty. And you learned that right off the bat. So that's baked into your DNA, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I mean, I it, what what made this business really exciting to me was getting to know these people, and you know, people ask, you know, as we grow to this to the this scale that we're at, and we're going to get much bigger than this, we we believe. Um, uh, what do I worry about? What I worry about is, is maintaining that empathy, and not getting insulated, not having people in the company who are creating value, seeking losing connection with the customer and. And we do a number of things to maintain that connection and connectivity and empathy. It's, it's incredibly important. When we look back at what you do, it's you're, as you said, you're helping people manage thousands of relationships, which is in fact the challenge for mind body. How do you manage fifty? You said that's right, fifty thousand. How do you man? There was a, there was one point when you knew every single customer. You were the you were the face of the company, and you knew every single person because mm. you had dealt with them yourself. And at some point, probably around five hundred and one, which is typically the magic number the social scientists tell us, uh, it's, it's how many people you can invite to the holiday party and and still uh, know their name. That's yeah. the metric, so huh. everyone knows. Uh, at 501, same with employees, uh, that's when it, it becomes really challenging. And it sounds like, though, because you have such a strong why um, and the empathy is such a, a key 
piece of that. I'm going to guess that when you travel for, you know, a CEO of a public company, there's there's a lot of stuff that you have to do just to feed that beast, feed the market. Um, do you take time out to go see customers still? Do you make that a, is that something that you do, just random drop in? Oh, my God, here's the founder of Mind Body. He's here all the my time. little yoga. Yeah. See, I, I figured the answer was yes on that. Yeah, I mean, both people that I know and, you know, I mean, the first 100 clients have my cell phone number. Yeah, um, sure. And uh, the first 500 all knew me personally, you know, had met me. Um, to your point, I don't get to do that quite as much anymore, but um, I will just randomly drop in on businesses and uh, oftentimes just experience it without even identifying myself. Mm-hmm. Um because sometimes that can just be a distraction, and I I, I just want to be there and experience it and understand what they're doing, um, and watch the software in the in the wild, as it were. And um, actually, by not identifying myself, it's better. Yeah, I would I agree. See what's really going on. I would agree yeah. a lot. Um, I have um, I have a lot of CrossFit listeners. Um, we had uh, the founder of Gravitas, which is the um, CrossFit. Central Coast, or cent- I'm not exactly sure of the name. He will get really mad at me if I don't ask if you have a CrossFit Mind Body T-shirt. Um, I don't, I don't think we do. You know, we, we um, it's funny because the CrossFit organization is is very particular about branding. I know, and so we were unable to call our CrossFit Mind Body CrossFit. They didn't want us <sighs> connecting our name to their name. So it's called Woohoo CrossFit. Woohoo is <laughs> one of our sayings around here. So it's Woohoo CrossFit. Even and, better. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't think we've created a, uh, a T-shirt. That's well, that, that's part of the culture of um, CrossFit. We we travel a lot, and my wife is a CrossFitter, and so wherever it is we're going, she will find the CrossFit, and they've got a great drop-in uh, ethos uh, with that community. It's it's pretty spectacular, and the CrossFit Open starts today so everybody's focused on that so when we travel she takes t-shirts and trades t-shirts uh so it's like it's a thing right right so we need some woohoo crossfit t-shirts sir we do i'm going to take that back you know and and the 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 principal instructor or coach rather in our um at our crossfit is uh dustin virgil and he's a crossfit level three um and uh uh, he owns a Tascadero CrossFit um, up in North County. Yep. And uh, one of the things we wanted to make sure everybody understood locally was that we weren't trying to compete with them. You know, we have CrossFit on site. We also um, pay a, give a stipend to our employees to go out into the community and um, and take wellness services. And, and a number of people are actively engaged in CrossFit, um, as well as yoga and Pilates and, and indoor cycling and others. And uh, so there's locally, um, there's Inferno, CrossFit Inferno, which is right down the street from us in San Luis Obispo, and there's a Tascadero CrossFit up in North County. And, um, anyway, so Dustin is the guy who on the side comes in and teaches our, our workouts. Um, and he's excellent. So next time you're in town, let's make sure we arrange that you come in and do a, do a wad with us. Weird. See, there, there we go. Wad. For our listener who doesn't know, means workout of the day, and I think one of the reasons CrossFit is so successful not only is it about functional fitness, but every single day it's different, so you don't get bored. And in a 
an ADD society that we live in, it feels like it's the perfect, it's one of the, the perfect routines uh, for people. Now, I want to go a different question because I want to go back to your, I'm really interested in origin stories and Genesis stories. You have a, a bachelor's in political science. How did that lead you into Naval Academy or wh- where there was, there was something, something happened that got you into software? Wh- wh- tell us about that. Was there a something, something or a person? Well, so um, the, first of all, going to the Naval Academy is where I got my bachelor's in, in political science with a, with a specialization in international relations and a minor in Russian language. Um, but every well every prepared you for mind body right? academies. Absolutely, every every graduate of a, of a service academy gets a bachelor of science. So you're actually getting a pretty intensive engineering curriculum. So I'm talking about West Point, Air Force Academy, and Navy in particular. And uh, so I was, you know, and you know, you have a job going out, right? I mean, you're going to be sure. a naval officer. So I chose. I was really fascinated. Um, by political philosophy, and I was fascinated by international relations and history, and also fascinated if I'm going to be um, an extension of U.S. foreign policy and national defense, I want to understand what's going on in the world. So it, it allowed me to pick a curriculum that was really interesting. And uh, at the time, the, 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 the primary enemy was the Soviet Union. So I really went deep and studied Russian language and Russian uh. history and culture. Um, in fact, my, the, the Russian language professor at, at the Naval Academy was, his name was Vladimir Tolstoy. He was <laughs> Leo Tolstoy's grand. No kidding. Wow. You see, uh, the ones that had, the, the friends of the Romanovs that got out during the Bolshevik Revolution, they landed in Paris and then ultimately in D.C. Um, and the Tolstoy family was, uh, was part of that. So, uh, that was my whole major. <laughs> it was really, um, a lot, a lot of different information there, but I became fascinated with submarines, and most of the time the submarine officers are the most heavy-duty engineers, and uh, I was a bit of an anomaly. Um, but I, I learned that if we were going to have, uh, if we were going to come to blows with the Soviet Union, the submarines were probably going to decide it, and that we better have people on those submarines that understand how. Uh, the opponent thinks, and how they operate. And I think that the Navy saw the, the value of that, and they put me through nuclear power school. So that's a graduate degree in nuclear engineering. So here I'm a political science Russian minor guy with a graduate degree in nuclear engineering. That's, that's a mess. I mean, I'm just all over the place, right? Um, and, but I learned uh, uh, what it helped me understand is just very complex engineering systems. Um, and of course, software is part of all of it. Right. But I'm not myself a software developer. Um, uh, as an engineer, and, and then when I later on got into the space launch business, which was really about engineering services to this to the launch operators, uh, I we were using a number of different database solutions, and so really came to understand the power of those solutions. And then when my old buddy was writing software for these desk, for these uh, businesses, originally with desktop software. It was all built on relational databases. So that's all a long way of getting getting to the, the thing. So, But yeah, I'll tell you what the background did teach me, and that was how to operate 
in a high-consequence environment. And what uh. we do is high-consequence. If, if our system goes down, uh, 51,000 businesses stop operating. That's a, that's a big responsibility. Yeah, it is. And the amount of effort that we spend on safety and security and reliability is is significant. And when I first started hiring IT engineers, they weren't necessarily trained in that kind of high-impact, redundant systems. And uh, that's where I drew on a lot of my experience from from maybe uh, submarines and uh, aerospace. Sure. And so, well, I you don't want me coding things, you know. I'm hardly that's hardly a unique ability. When it comes to understanding of how you construct and operate redundant systems and how you come up with the operational teams to keep all those systems running, uh, my Navy training stood me in good stead. It sounds like it. I hadn't. I think of mission critical, but the way you said high consequence environment just put such a fine point on it that just really resonated with me. Uh, for a lot of our listeners are, you know, they're startups or they're wannabe startups or they're, you know, small businesses. You know, 98% of the business in San Luis Obispo is less than four people. Um, so they, you know, they're small businesses, but they, most of the time, it's a nice-to-have business. This thing that we have is nice-to-have. And you want to figure out how to become mission-critical. And you, you you said, like, if we don't do our job, 51,000 businesses can't do theirs. That's, that's and, and you don't, I, I'm so glad to, to hear you talk like that, the mission-criticality of what you do and the importance of what you do. It's just not arbitrary stuff. I mean, everything that you're doing and, and that mm -hmm. runs through, um, back, back to your whole why and the whole, the, the idea with wellness. Let me ask, a you know, take this, a, a another direction. You have been very, very supportive of the business community, uh, in San Luis Obispo. You're, you know, very visible, um, very, of course, visible success story, but you have a personal interest in economic vitality in the region. You and I have talked, thank you again for being a partner with 805 Connect, we appreciate that. But I, I think that um, you've got a, a, you know, a real strong point of view. Why don't you share that with our listener? Well, I think the first one is it's just a spirit of paying it forward. Uh, a number of people helped me and, and our co-founders get this business started and make it successful. There's only a couple hundred different ways this should have failed over the last 15 <laughs> years. Um, and uh, it, it was just, it's just amazing how angels literally and figuratively come out of, come out of nowhere and help you at the right moment. Um, they have the insights, they have the connections. And of course that's the, I love the metaphor of the angel investor um, because those are the kind of people that'll write the check before uh, truly rational investors would. Um, and, and so I feel compelled to pay that forward. That's the first thing. Yeah. Secondly, um, I have, of course, a vested interest in, and my body has a vested interest in there being a vibrant business, um, and entrepreneurial ecosystem on the central coast. Um, the many people will live here just because that's their paramount value. But most people want to live in a place where there's economic options. And if you're going to attract a top talented engineer from the Bay Area, right. they're going to look around. If they're, if they're married, 
their spouse is going to say, well, what, what jobs are there for me? Um, if they're raising kids here, they want to know that there's opportunities for their children as they, as they grow up. Right. And so there's a certain level of economic activity and vibrancy that's needed to create a critical mass, if you will. And I think that the Central Coast, as defined as the Santa Barbara and San Luis Obispo counties, um, have reached that point. When you look at the kind of businesses that are in Carpinteria and Santa Barbara and Goleta, and you look at what's going on up here in San Luis Obispo and up in Paso Robles, um, it's very vibrant. Yeah, In fact, we have is. low unemployment. Um, it's a great place to live. Certainly not the diversity of opportunities there are in Los Angeles or the Bay Area. But there's a lot going on, and I think both regions, we, we punch above our weight in terms of the, the quality of, of talent because it is such a great place to live primarily and because of the impact of the universities. So I, I have a, I feel a personal investor's interest and an interest for my body in promoting that. And, and that shows because that you, you have been able to attract um, a lot of great talent. In fact, there's, um, remind me the name exactly, but I think it's called Glassdoor. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. Glassdoor is a, um, a place where anybody can, can go and review their employer. And it's been, a, I think, a fantastic thing to happen. And it, it really mirrors what's happening all over society where the whole world is becoming more transparent. And that's the metaphor of the glass door. You know, the metaphor of the manager's office has literally a glass door you can see in it. So businesses can't fake it. If they're not right. giving the right environment to their employees, if, if the, um, the culture isn't great, if the compensation isn't fair, uh, Glassdoor will reveal all those things. And didn't you rank really high in Glassdoor? <laughs> this is what I'm, I don't remember the exact numbers and I don't want to quote, but. Yeah, uh, no, we, uh, in fact, we, we were ranked once again. Uh, as in the top 50 places to work in America. Okay. And now wow. we're on the big company list. We have more than 1,000 employees. So we are ranked number 14 this year. Wow. Congratulations. In the top 50 places to work. Thank you. It's something that I'm most proud of. I, I, mean, I would think beyond so. everything else. Yeah. That's, it's really meaningful. It means that the people that work here, um, by and large, feel that this place is enhancing their lives. And I just don't think it gets any better than that. Well, it goes back to the core value of why you exist. When we talk about wellness and the, a platform for wellness and improving humanity, um, what do they say? Charity begins at home. But, I mean, you're, you're walking the walk, right, and doing it right there. And mm-hmm. the thing I learned about Glassdoor when I first saw that was that um, there's nothing you as an employer can do about it. Right. It's kind of like your Yelp reviews, right? right. Uh, there's, you know, you you do not get to yeah. do a thing, and to to show up that high in the list and focusing on all those things with that kind of that insane, I think it's empathy. I mean, it's empathy and really understanding the employee and why they come there and why they live there and all, and and making that a priority. I mean, it's the the number one resource we have other than real estate is you know our our people. And most people don't get it right. Yeah. They, they don't, and it's the ultimate competitive advantage or disadvantage. It, um, getting that, if you have a valid business model, 
and a sufficient market to go after, then the single most important determinant of your success is the quality of the people that you have, your ability to attract and retain top talent and to set them up in an environment for success. And uh, I don't think a company today could get funded if it had bad glass door reviews. Huh. I mean, you can always have one or two sour grapes, you know, out there that's, that will write something mean or, or, or they're just unhappy. Nobody bats a thousand. But if the reviews on Glassdoor are pervasively bad, I don't know any venture capital or angel investor who would invest in that company. And I've, I've talked to many. I know that's the way I feel. Because what that tells you is that management team is going to have a serious challenge right. uh, growing their business. They're going to be churning people out. They're going to have to, uh, well, how would you keep people in an environment where they're unhappy? Well, the only way to do it would be to compensate them well beyond market which right. I've seen, you've seen that happen. Sure. And of course, what does that do to the economics of the business? And so uh, it's a competitive advantage. It's both the right thing to do and incredibly beneficial to the business. And it's something we focus on because we're not perfect either. And I read every Glassdoor review. Do you? And, um, oh yeah, no, it's, it's important. And so does our entire uh, management team. And, uh, you know, it's it, 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 it. And what's funny thing I didn't know about Glassdoor until we got we got ranked on it. Right. <laughs> so it wasn't something we were trying to make happen. It was, uh, and then suddenly I was like, we just got ranked in the top fifty in Glassdoor. And I'm like, what? What? What's, what's Glassdoor? Yeah. yeah. First <laughs> rule of Glassdoor well, is you don't exciting. talk about Glassdoor. So what right, is we the? Don't. In fact, we. Yeah. What Go is ahead. what is the. I'm going to go back to the product for a second. I'm an old software guy. Um, you say the product will never be done. What's the, if you would, the holy grail in your industry? That you know, what's the moonshot for you? Well, the first most important holy grail is that the um, the business uh, that we're helping the business succeed, and so that first and foremost. Um, centers around them just getting control of their operations. Um, because if the, if the experience is chaotic, uh, even if you, even if they bring new customers in the door through marketing efforts, they're not going to give a great experience. Next is the ability to then attract more customers in the door. On average, the businesses that we serve, um, have, uh, less than half of their available classes and appointments used every day. And on average, most of these businesses will lose about half of their customers every year. Uh, people move, people's habits change, their jo- they change jobs. Uh, you need, they need a continual refresh of new, fresh customers who are likely to, be, to convert into full-price paying regular customers. So the holy grail, to answer your question, is a marketing platform that delivers that. And that's what we're working on right now. So we, we have a MindBody app. It has over 2.8 million registered consumers. It aggregates all the available classes and appointments of our, of our subscribers, the business owners, the clients. And it promotes more activity. It, it helps introduce more, more activities to the users of those and bring them in the door of our customers. Um, and it helps remove friction and get them to come more often. Uh, we surface something called a deal section that really is an introductory offer section. You can only buy an intro offer once, and it helps you as a 
as a consumer make a more informed decision. So it's a, it's a huge win-win. And, and that's the holy grail that we've been chasing after for many years. So the last few months have been, been very impactful for us. It sounds like, again, back to, you know, I run a spinning studio or I run a CrossFit box and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all about that. And it actually takes, you know, 14 hours of my day to do that, right? Thinking as a small business person, I, and I've got 50% inventory that's unfilled and I'm losing 50, I've got a churn of 50% of my clients. Those are very real business problems and I don't, I'm not skilled at how to solve those you're coming in with the platform that they're already, the, their clients are already using to schedule and do those things and solving those problems for them. That sounds fantastic. Well, thank you. That's, that's <laughs> our thesis. We, well, uh, uh, you know, the, you know, one thing that the, that the, um, one thing they can quickly learn about us, if you go look at our public filings, is that the business isn't profitable uh, yet. And the reason for that is because we are leaning forward and investing heavily in onboarding more and more businesses onto the platform and continuing to develop and improve our product. And that's built on two really important theses. The first one is that people that, that, that adopt our software, these businesses tend to stay for us with us for the life of the business. And these businesses, once they get past their first couple of years, are remarkably durable. Only about 5 to 7% a year will churn off after the first two years. Um, and then the second part of that is that we, once we have the software installed, there are, are innumerable ways that we can deepen the relationship with that business owner and deliver more value. And that's what's been driving us since the garage. Uh, and uh, so what you just said, thank you. That's exactly right. Um, we're gonna, you can expect us to continue to create things and deliver things that will help the businesses succeed and help them to connect to more and more people. And ultimately that's improving the health and wellness of the world. I, I, I love that you're, you're thinking so small. <laughs> the health and wellness of the world. We are going to improve humanity. Who, who doesn't like that? Rick, our, our time has evaporated uh, much like uh, my workouts that just come and go so quickly. Thank you so much uh, again for for spending time with us. I think that uh, your you know some subset of your owners might love to listen to this long form uh, conversation with you to get a, a sense of who you are and get to know more about the the person that's you know kind of helping them. You're kind of a partner in their business in in some aspects. So thank you very much for that. How can uh, what's the exact place for people to go and find out more about the company? So then go to our website. It's uh, www.mindbodyonline.com. Um, we also have a Facebook page as well, but the, the website itself will tell us. I'll tell you everything you need to know. Perfect. So they can find you there. So thank you for that. Now, our, our longtime listeners know that this is the part of the show where we get to put a bow around this fantastic conversation and give it a name so that uh, others, new people coming in, can look through the list of titles as they're looking for what they'd like to listen to next. And a great title will help pop something to the top of the popularity list. What should we call this conversation, Rick? Leveraging technology to help people live healthier, happier lives. Mm. Help 
people. I'm writing this all down. I'm recording it. Yeah, thank thank, yeah. So, (laughs) so how do we? How do we? Let's get to help people live happier, healthy lives. How do we get that down a little bit shorter? Leveraging. What'd you say? It's leveraging my body, helping people live healthier, happier lives. God, there you go. I love it. Thank you so much for that. Um, I also want to thank California. Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pullstring Press, for this great studio and Cielo24, who provides the searchable captions for our show. The 805 Connect Project is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. I want to thank them as well. And Rick, I want to thank you. Since our very first conversation, you've been a, a great supporter of the project and what we're doing. Thank you. If others want to know how to become a partner with us, just go to 805connect.com. Uh, our why is clearly uh, uh, described there. Now, Patrick, um, after this conversation, we'd, we'd love our listener to do something to help on this show. How could they help? Yeah, well, uh, we have many, many listeners, that I'm sure, that are listening to this while working out at their favorite gym or uh, other facility, and so or on the way to or from the gym. So uh, just you know, bring us up in conversation to your friends. Uh, mention that this is a podcast that you rely on for good information, and uh, get them subscribed and get them listening. Uh, Mark's favorite trick is just to grab their phone and subscribe for them. <laughs> it works every time. Here, let me see your phone. Looking for a purple icon. I would love to hear from you personally as well. So send me a note. I respond to all of them. Um, please introduce yourself to me at mark at 805connect.com. Let me know what you like or didn't like about the show so we can continue to make it better. Until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations. 